Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. So for this morning, we will continue our series on the heroes of the faith. So for those who may be familiar with this or may not, the heroes of the faith are the biblical characters in Hebrews chapter 11. We have gone through a different series to get us up to this point, as you may recall. We did a series on the significance of Jesus. We did the series on what Jesus is speaking to restoration for this season. And we did a series on the Holy Spirit. Now, um, hopefully with the background and the knowledge of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, what God is doing through restoration right now, we are going through the heroes of the faith to help us build our faith, to be strengthened and be encouraged by the faith of those who have gone before us. We've talked through Vanessa, taught on Noah, and we got through Abraham and Moses. And this morning, we will look at Jacob. We will go through the life of Jacob very quickly and briefly and look at how God's grace is seen in his life, how Jacob's revelation of God's goodness and Jacob's revelation of God's faithfulness transformed him until the day that he died. As we can see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. That's amazing, right? When he was dying, bless each of Joseph's sons and lean on the staff, worshiping God. So I will briefly touch on the life of Jacob and spend the majority of this morning on the passage in Genesis chapter 28. So for those of you who want to jump ahead a little bit, turn to Genesis chapter 28. That's, that, that's the passage that we're going to focus on this morning. Uh, that was when Jacob uh, slept at a place which is now known as Bethel before leaving Canaan. 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 I always say Canaan. 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 I blame it on English as my second language. So very briefly on Jacob, he was the second son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. Jacob, uh, the name Jacob, as some of you may know, is also a Hebrew idiom for deceiver. Uh, Jacob lived up to that name, by the way. He lived up to that name by getting his older brother, Esau, and I'm going to very briefly go through his life. Uh, getting his brother Esau, his older twin brother, to sell his birthright as the older son for a cup of soup. Back in that time, the older son essentially inherited everything from the father. When the father passes away, it's the older son that gets to decide on what to do with it. So he got Esau to give trade uh, Jacob Esau's birthright for a cup of soup. Uh, after purchasing Esau's birthright for the cup of soup, Jacob deceived his own father in taking the blessings which was reserved for Esau. This caused much anger to Esau, which is totally understandable. Therefore, Jacob left the land in a hurry. Otherwise, he probably would have gotten killed by Esau. He left with no livestock, no valuable possessions, no servants, 
just a staff. And we know this because as we go through the story in Genesis 32, Jacob said, uh, spoke this to God, like, I am unworthy of all the kindness and the faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. We know that because Jacob had to sleep on the ground. Uh, we, we will go in depth on this in a few minutes. Jacob had to sleep on the ground and use the stone as a pillow before crossing the Jordan River. Well, Jacob was away from his family. God was with him. God protected him. God provided for him. And God followed him and was with him wherever he was. Through God's provision, Jacob became exceedingly wealthy. Not just wealthy, exceedingly wealthy as everything he did prospered. To the point where Laban, Jacob, uh, Jacob's father-in-law, acknowledged that in Genesis 30, verse 27. So God eventually changed Jacob's name to Israel in Genesis 32, 28, and then Genesis 35, 10. Brought Jacob back to his father's household as he has promised. And formed a nation through Jacob's children. Which fulfilled a promise that God made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. That was a very brief summary of Jacob's life. I want to encourage everyone to uh, use the rest of the week to spend time studying and reading Jacob in Genesis, starting in Genesis chapter 20, 25. I will spend the rest of this morning, as I said earlier, focusing on the passage in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob's first encounter with God. All right, let's read through these verses together, and we'll, uh, we'll go a little bit more in-depth on this passage. Genesis chapter 28, verse 12. He had a dream. He, this is Jacob, had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. As you read through this, the first thought that came to mind for us, and at least the first thought that came to mind for me was the God we have the privilege to serve and to know and to love is such an amazing God. Because every time when I study scriptures in depth, I am constantly more and more in awe of his goodness, of his faithfulness, and his amazing grace for his people. Let me tell you why as we look at this passage. So up to this point, Jacob was not a righteous person. He was not a righteous because he was very deceptive, right? He deceived Esau, he deceived his father, and I'm sure he did a lot of deceptive acts that was not recorded in the Bible. Regardless, God, through his grace, spoke those things over Jacob. The first thing he said was after declaring his name, like, I will give you and your descendants on the land that you live on. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Like, I am with you. I will watch over you. I will protect you. I will never leave you. And I will bring you back here to this land. Isn't that amazing? That is what God said to Jacob. 
a fairly unrighteous person, to put it nicely. The reason I said Jacob was not a righteous person because we just said it before, right? From the very beginning, before he actually even came out of the womb. By the way, Mike is here. I forgot. Mike, congratulations. Mike and Kalina. I know Mike did, did a lot of work also. Mike and Kalina just had Grayson. Uh, I, I just remember this because as, as we look at this verse on Genesis 25, verse 26, when before Jacob was coming out of the womb of his mother, this is what it said. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, which is Jacob. So he was named Jacob. That was before he came out. He was trying to grab Esau, take things from him. So grasping, this term grasping, this word is also translated as seize, to seize something, to take hold of, to take possession. So before he even came out, he was trying to take hold of someone else's things, possessions. And as they grew up, if you read through the verse about the, the Jacob and Esau exchange with his birthright and the cup of soup, it says Jacob demanded his own brother, Esau, to give him his birthright for a cup of soup. Now, let me take a side note, to step aside, right? Esau was not without fault. He allowed his flesh, his natural physical desire, because Esau was hungry, he allowed his flesh to dictate his decision and gave away his inheritance, gave away his future to satisfy his current physical desires and needs. So he took his birthright. That's his inheritance, his future. Back then, they know very well what it meant to be the oldest son. You pretty much will have everything that your father owned. He took it very lightly. We can all Learn and should learn a lesson from that. However, that is a sermon for another time. But I just want to make sure I want to say that Esau was not without fault. Uh, so let's get back to Jacob. We also know that Jacob tricked his father. He wanted to trick his father to, and, um, to get the blessing that should have gone to Esau. That should have, because Isaac was blessing Jacob, thinking he was blessing Esau. For all, for these things, his parents told him to go elsewhere. Otherwise, your big brother will eventually take out his vengeance on you and kill you. Perhaps the only things that Jacob did right up to that time, at least for me, that's how I read it. Perhaps you guys may read it differently about Jacob, but for me, the only thing that Jacob did right up to that moment was in, verse, in chapter 28, verse 7, Jacob obeyed his father and mother to go look for a wife. Sounds like that was the only thing he did right up to that moment. He obeyed his father and his mother. And that was the first step in Jacob hearing God, allow him to hear from God and to receive God's favor and blessing. And as I said earlier about how I am even more in awe of God's amazing grace and goodness, because as we read about all the deceptive things that Jacob did, if we understand the culture back then, those are pretty bad things, right? And God still appeared to Jacob unprompted. That's the things we need to remember. God appeared to Jacob unprompted and at a time when Jacob was not, not seeking God. It's not like he was kind of, God, please speak to me. Please let me know. No, he was not seeking God at all. But God, through his amazing grace, appeared to Jacob. And in this passage of, of, um, we just read, God approached Jacob 
teaches us several things about God. It's just so amazing who God is. The first thing I noticed when God spoke to Jacob was there was no condemnation for Jacob at all. Isn't that amazing? For me, I would have said, what did you do to your brother? What did you do to your father? How could you have done this? You deserve this. You get nothing. You use a piece of stone as a pillow. But see, that's why we are human. God is amazing. God is, there was no condemnation at all when God was speaking to Jacob. He didn't point out all the things that Jacob did wrong. I'm sure Jacob was, like I said, was fairly deceptive. We only read the two things that was recorded, but I'm sure he did many, many other deceptive things growing up. So keep that in mind. If, if, as I was preparing, if any one of us ever feel that God is trying to punish us for all the things that we have done in our past, go read this passage again. This is the God we know. This is the God of the Bible. He doesn't come to condemn us. The condemnation that we hear is the voice of the devil. God comes to do what? It goes up to the next point, is to declare who he is. He comes with unconditional love. He comes with the amazing grace. We do have to face up to the consequences for those bad things that we have done, right? So don't think that, oh, all the bad things that we have done, there will be no consequence for it. Just like Jacob, Jacob had to flee Esau because of the deceptive act. He had to flee Esau. So there's a natural consequence that we have to face up to. However, it is not God punishing Jacob. Read this passage again. Because the first thing that God spoke to, to Jacob was declaring who he is, right? I am the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. This was to let Jacob know who he was talking to. The very same God who miraculously and amazingly led his people, protected his people, provided for his people, and, uh, and his father and his grandfather, the same God who did it in a way that all the other nations came to fear and revere God and his people. Notice that God did not condone Jacob's deceptive act. So don't think like God thinks it's okay. Just because he didn't condemn it doesn't mean that he thought it was okay. Because he did say the God of Isaac to recognize, hey, I'm the God of your father also, whom you just tricked. I am also the God of Isaac, whom you deceived. God knew what happened, but he looked past it because he is an amazing God. That is the God of the Bible that we worship. So after God declared or introduced himself to Jacob, the next thing God said was, this is why he's amazing. See, I will give you this. I will bless you. I will be with you. I, am, I will watch over you. I will um, lead you. I will guide you. And I'll bring you back to this land. And I will do those things. I will not leave you until I have done all the things that I promised to you. Isn't that amazing? Nothing was expected from Jacob, if you read that passage. Nothing was expected from Jacob. God did not even say, hey, if you obey me, I will do all those things. He didn't say any of those things. I will do everything. I will do everything for you. That is how amazing God is. That is the God that we need to know and must know. That was the very definition of grace. Right? Grace is unmerited favor. 
That means we did not do anything to deserve it. Jacob did not do anything to deserve those things that God has spoken over him, right? If anything, it's the opposite. This is the same as when Jesus died on the cross for us, right? Unconditional love. Jesus died on the cross for us. He didn't say, well, I will die on the cross for you if you believe in me, and then I'll let you go to heaven. No, he just died on the cross for us, period, without any conditions, without any requirement, without any expectations. I'm doing this for you regardless of you know or appreciate what I have done or not. That is the amazing grace. That is the same God that we know and love. This is the same God that speaks the same favor and blessing and protection over us. We read this over Jacob, but this is the same God that spoke those things over us. And he is speaking those things over us. That's why that song, I just really felt for us to pause for a second. If you read the lyrics, if you read those things out and speak those things out, I speak Jesus and that is who Jesus is. As we have the revelation of, of how amazing God is, we will, want, we will want to speak the truth that he is with us. His name is power. His name is healing. His name is freedom. There is hope in your name. His name will set us free, will break off any um, de uh, depressions, addictions, anxiety, and fear. That is who Jesus is. He will come and just do all those things without any requirement. Just speak out my name. Just speak out my name. I will shine in the shadow. I will burn like a fire. That is who Jesus is. Trust and know that that same God is with us still today, and he's watching over us. However, from this passage, he never said anything was easy. Right? Can I say that? I hope that's not going to burst anybody's bubble. Trusting in God and obeying him doesn't mean it should be easy. We don't have time to go in depth of Jacob's life, but we will see that his own uncle, eventually his father-in-law, tricked him and tried to steal from him. He spent many, many years laboring for his family and his possession. So that's why I meant when I said it would not be easy. Right? You hear these things that God spoken over Jacob, but then we need to also recognize the many years that he had to walk those things out through obedience and through faith, staying steadfast and trusting and believing the things that God has spoken. So regardless of what is happening around us or happening to us, we must remain steadfast in the truth of who God is and what he has spoken over us and what he has done for us. As I was preparing this message, I felt that God is saying to me that everyone here in this morning, I just felt to remind everyone here in, in this room is you have had a Jacob moment like this, that God has appeared to each and every one of us and spoke these amazing things to us. Be reminded again of who God is and stay steadfast and obey in him, trust in him. Proceed to know that what? Know that he is with us. He will protect us. He will provide for us. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will never leave us until all the things that he had promised has been done. Remember that. Remember that as, as we see and face the struggles and the obstacles around us. Our God is who he said he is. And he will do what he promised to do. Don't think that it's too difficult or too impossible. Right? Jacob left with one sta a staff to his name. He came back with two camps. 
with God, everything is possible. Jacob understood what God has spoken to him. That is the amazing divine revelation, right? When we come into the presence of God, we know, we know that it was God. It was not because, oh, I kind of felt good, so I think maybe because I ate something, or I had too much sugar, or I saw a good show. We know it was a divine revelation. This is the same with Jacob when he came into the presence of God. And he heard the things that God spoken over him. And this was his response. In verse 20, chapter Genesis 28, verse 20. If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and... Of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Despite all of his past deceptive acts, Jacob was able to respond because he knew, as I said earlier, the first step, how to obey his father and his mother that led to how to obey God. And he responded in that way. If God is with me and protect me and provide for me and lead me, then I will return safely to this land, to my father's household. Another important thing that Jacob's response was, he went, as you remember, right, he grasped, a grasper. He went from a grasper to a giver. Now he's giving. Before, he was trying to steal. He was trying to take. He was deceiving people and robbing and taking things that was not his. But now, because of his revelation of who God is, what God will do, and what he has in God, he becomes a giver. All that you give me, I will give you a tenth. He's no longer grabbing for blessing, but now he's receiving of the blessing, his own blessing. That's why tithes and giving is a response to obedience. I know we talked about one of the things where we give, one of the things is obedience to God. That is Jacob's response to giving, right? He acknowledged, it's an acknowledgement for us of God's favor. Jacob didn't have a revelation of how amazing God is until this morning, uh, until this moment. And then as he came into the divine revelation of God, he transformed into someone else. As I said, no longer someone is trying to deceive and get what's not his. Now he's actually willing to give back because he knows who God is now. Right? Jacob repeated what God has spoken over him, and he responded with two things. Firstly, the Lord will be my guide. That's a declaration. As in, Jesus, you will be my Lord and my God and my Savior. When we give our life to Jesus, that's Jacob's declaration. The Lord will be my God. And the second thing is he responded through obedience. All that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So it's almost like he spoke out, the Lord is my God, and I will follow through with my action, right? I will talk the talk and I will walk the walk to show you and respond to you that I trust you and believe in you. Instead of just saying, Lord, you're my God, but I'm just going to go and do my own thing. But it's like I will give a tenth. To you. He declared with his mouth and he declared with his actions. And I want us to encourage to respond with our actions, right? It's easy to say, I believe in God, I trust in God. 
Um, but I want to encourage you, take a step of faith. Follow through. Live our life that way. And see how God will move. Because if we don't allow God to move, we will never see the goodness of who he is. So we must respond with our actions. Jacob was transformed because he was in the presence of God. We know when we are in the presence of God. That's what I said. We know. So when we declare with our mouth, respond with our actions also. Live a life that will show that we trust in God. The divine revelation of the Lord will be my God. He went from taking things, I said, taking things that didn't belong to him, to giving what he has to God. Right? I will give you. Like he was speaking to, I will give you, like give to God. So what it's saying to me is he's not only being generous to ourselves, because it's easy to be generous to ourselves, right? Can I say that? I think most of us. Actually, I kind of struggle with that a little bit until Vanessa set me free. But we, we can be generous to ourselves. No, that's a good thing. We want to be generous to ourselves and be generous to others, but we must be generous to God also, because this is what he's saying. Jacob is saying, I will give attend to you, not to all those around me. That's why tithing and giving is important. Because we are showing, God, if you're generous to me, I will show that I trust in your generosity by giving you a tenth. And I wanted to encourage everyone, myself included, to use this as a parameter of our obedience and our trust in God. as a way for us to actively, actively obey God. It's one of the ways for us to respond through obedience like Jacob. All that you give me, I will give you a tenth. That means not just money. It includes money, but it's about resources. It's about gifting. It's about finances. It's about everything else that we have. Because when God, it's not just money. He gives us so many other things, friendships and time. All that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So it's trusting. That's how we can say, speak it out and walk it out. Trusting that he is who he said he is. And he will provide as promised. Jacob's response in giving a tent to God was honest because he had nothing with him. As I said, he had no possessions, no servants. He slept on the ground. He had no livestock, no land. But when he eventually gained family and possessions and livestock and servants and land, it, he knows it will only be because of God's provisions. Because God has blessed him and provided for him. That's what it means. It's like all that you give me. Because everything that was given to Jacob, Jacob was from God. So Jacob left his father's household in a hurry and had nothing with him. We know this, right? Except a staff. So through his divine revelation, Jacob changed, as I said, from a grasper to a giver. From a taker to a giver. And he was able to stay the course that God has set him upon because of his obedience and faith through his personal revelation of God, right? Because if I put myself in Jacob's situations, if I don't have the personal revelation of God, I would not be able to go through the things that Jacob go through. If any of us, we need to have a personal revelation of who God is so we can pursue and stay in the path that God has set us on. Otherwise, we will say, well, I don't know, that's Vanessa's faith. I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, that's, well, that's, that's great, you know. Um, Cindy, that's her faith. Her faith is strong, but I can't handle this anymore. It's my faith. 
I know who God is. I know who God is. So I am going to stay steadfast because he will do what he had promised to do. And we learn later on that Jacob wanted to leave Laban and his family, but didn't actually do it until the very next time he heard from God in Genesis 31 verse 3. The very next time he heard from God was when it was time to go back. Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. He stayed the course until he heard from God. Then he prepared to return. That is a crucial part in our walk with God. Do not get off the path that God has put us on until he tells us to get off. Until he tells us to get off. It's a lot of time, like I was saying earlier, right, it's, it's not easy to stay on the path that God has set us on. But trust in him. Obey in him. Because he will tell us where to go next. And until then, to stay the course. Our God is who he said he is. Perhaps you may have heard things a year ago, three years ago, ten years ago, and you think it's mistaken. Stay the course. Because he will tell us what to do next. And he will do what he promised us to do. I want to start wrapping this sermon up by saying that um, God eventually established the nation of Israel through Jacob and fulfilling the covenant he made with Abraham. Right? It's, we have the benefits of looking at scriptures and we see what's going on. But for them, every day was a grind. Right? Every year was a grind. But as we zoom back out, God did what he promised that he would do. He gave Jacob a new name. Jacob is no longer known as the deceiver, the grasper, the taker, the thief, whatever you want to call it. But he's now Israel. Because it was strictly according to God's grace through Jacob. Not based on Jacob's merit. God's grace. We must remember that and see that in this story. So God gave Jacob a new name, Israel. And through his descendant, gave Jacob everything that he owned and his descendants. God watched over Jacob. He protected Jacob. And he brought Jacob back as he had promised to the land of his father's household and to his father's relatives. And he was with them and did not leave him. He was with Jacob always. I want to bring this to a close by offering three things for us to take away from this morning, from seeing the life of Jacob. Number one is recognize God's grace in this story. His grace over Jacob. This is the same as God's grace over our lives. It's the same God. He's not different. He's not super special, powerful back then, and right now he's just kind of sitting, ignoring everything. It's the same God. He's working, moving, and he's among us. He's doing the same thing over our lives. Remember, grace, unmerited favor. Don't let our past cause us to shrink back from approaching God. If we have Jesus, God will only see the perfection of Jesus and not our imperfection. Read through this passage of what God said to Jacob. He didn't say, you're a deceiver, but okay, I'll forgive you. No, he did not say any of those things. He said, I will watch over you, I will protect you, I will lead you, I will guide you, I will be with you, and I will never leave you. That is who God is. Remember that. Secondly is apply what God spoke to Jacob. Hear that over our own lives. Read this passage again. I want to encourage all of us, myself included. 
Because Jacob, all Jacob asked for was, if you give me food, take me back to my father's land. Give me food to eat and put clothes for me to wear. See, his expectation was pretty low. Right? Just, just keep me safe. Give me food to eat, clothes to wear. Take me back to my father's land. That's pretty low, right? If we read the story, we know the story. He came back with two humongous big camps, a, a very wealthy man. God blessed him so abundantly, but Jacob didn't recognize that. So let's learn from that and know that God will provide us. He will watch over us. He will bless us. He will be with us. He will lead us. He will never leave us until he accomplished the things that he promised over us. Not only for Jacob, but that's also over our lives also, right now, right here. And thirdly is apply Jacob's transformed life and his response. For all of us, that's an encouragement for all of us. Stay the course. Right? Do this to our everyday life through our obedience and faith in God. God is an almighty God, right? Response with our mouth, declare, like, like what Jacob, uh, Jacob did. Declare the Lord is my God and response with his actions. That all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Through our time, our energy, our resources, and our finance. That is how we live a transformed life and response to God with faith. Perhaps what was said about Jacob and others from Hebrews 11 can be said about us also if we respond that way, both with our mouth and with our actions. Right? Hebrews eleven twenty one. right? By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. The only thing he had with him when he left his father's land. So no longer a taker, but now as he was dying, he blessed Joseph's son and worshiped God. He's no longer taking or trying to keep things. He was giving his blessing and worshiping Lord Jesus. So, amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 